But I want to let you know that this uh, past week, I saw a funny skit by the Holderness family. Uh, the Holderness family is a family that shares uh, about their lives on social media. They create different songs and, and whatnot. And the skit that they shared uh, was about how we can't seem to make small talk anymore because it seems that every time we talk about something in life, people get offended. We, we're not even able to make small talk. In fact, in the skit, the wife, Kim, she pretended that she was talking to a friend. She was acting as if she was talking to somebody. And, and she spoke to her friend off camera, and she said, you know, the weather's kind of crazy, isn't it? And then she's like, oh, oh, I, I can't mention that because global warming. I'm sorry, didn't mean to offend you. And then she went on, she says, oh, yeah, you know, um, hey, how's work going these days? And she was talking to another friend. Oh, oh, oh that's right, the, the great resignation. And it just seemed that every kind of topic that you would usually talk about and just seemed to be offensive to other people. It feels like there are things we want to talk about, but we just don't know how to express the things that we're thinking or we're afraid we might offend somebody. And in the church, I was realizing we have these same kind of expectations upon us as well. We struggle because we don't want to offend other people, but at the same time, we have this incredible message the greatest message that's ever been given, the good news of Jesus. We have this great message that we want to share. It's a message about hope in the face of hopelessness. Right? How many of us know people in our lives who are facing hopelessness? It's a message about hope in the face of hopelessness. It's a message about peace in the middle of chaos. It's a message that says joy can be found no matter what your circumstances and as we just learned about this in the series of Esther that we just talked about, it's a message that reminds you that God can resurrect good even out of a bad situation. This is the message that we have. And as that video you just saw says, every day you cross paths with people who need Jesus. Every day you cross paths with someone who needs Jesus. People are looking for hope. People are looking for joy. People are looking for peace. Jesus offers hope when everything else seems dark and dreary. The greatest joy that we can ever have in any of our lives is knowing God personally, and we do that through the person of Jesus Christ. And it's in knowing Jesus that we can find that peace that passes all understanding. People are searching, and God wants to use you to share the good news. But how do we get past the anxiety the anxiety that we feel, the anxiety of offending someone, and how do we actually get that message out into the world? You know, when I was younger, I used to hear a statement like, God wants to use you to change the world. God wants to use you to get that message of good news of Jesus out into the world, and I would break into a sweat. When someone would say that to me, I would get anxious. This is why, because I used to think that I had to study the Bible that I had to learn all the right answers, that I had to explore the deep theological questions that great philosophers and theologians had challenged themselves to ponder and understand for centuries. I had to study all those things, and then my job as a Christian would be to go out into the world to convince people, my friends, my neighbors, people around me, people I might even meet on the street, I had to convince them that Jesus was real. That's what I thought. I thought that was my job. I had to convince them that, that Jesus was real. I used to feel that I'd have all the answers to all the questions, and it was exhausting. It was emotionally exhausting. It was draining. And quite honestly, that belief set me up for failure. It set me up for failure. I remember one night I was in college. I was talking with a friend. He was an atheist. 
He's on the floor. His name was uh, Jason. And Jason and I were, were going back and forth just discussing our various beliefs. And we went round and round, and in our discussions at the end, this is what Jason said. He said, well, you didn't convince me. I just don't believe it. And then he packed up his stuff and he went to bed. And, and as he went to bed, I went to bed that night crushed. I walked back to my room crushed. And the reason I was crushed is that I was feeling bad about my performance for Jesus. Right? I was feeling bad about this performance. I was devastated because I felt like I had failed God because I didn't convince my friend, Jason, that God existed. So I felt this weight. But here's the thing. Here's what I've learned since then. This is what I've learned since that time. Evangelism isn't about us convincing people about God. That's not what evangelism is. Evangelism isn't us convincing people to believe in Jesus. Evangelism is us worshiping God every single day and letting other people see us worship God. That's what evangelism is. It's about us worshiping God every day and letting others see what we believe. Evangelism doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be scary. The work of evangelism, in that work, God does all the heavy lifting, quite honestly. He does all the heavy lifting. It's the Holy Spirit of God that does the convincing. The convincing. It's the Holy Spirit of God who does that. Our job is to show up and tell our story. Our job is to tell our story about how much we love Jesus. That, that's it. That is the only expectation upon us. God is the one who draws people into a relationship. We simply tell people about that relationship from our perspective. That's what evangelism is. Now, here's something else that I've learned uh, in this relatively short time on earth that I have spent. People need the message that we have. People need the message that we have. As long as there is sin in the world, it's going to be a broken world. As long as there's sin in the world, it's going to be a broken place. And in a broken world, people are going to need someone outside of themselves to heal. Right? Because if, if I could heal myself in this sinful, broken place, I would do it. But I can't. And so we all need someone outside of ourselves to bring that healing into our lives. Jesus is the healing that people need. Jesus is the healing that people need. We walk by people every single day who need encouragement. People who are struggling. People who are sad people who are depressed, people who are angry, people who are frustrated and at the end of their rope. And here's the thing, you never know what's going on inside of someone else's head. You never know what's going on inside of their head or inside of their heart. And as a church, if we could believe, if we could believe that we have a message of hope, if we could honestly believe that we could partner with God, we could partner with God and share and share. If we could do that, then God can do the work of convincing people, those people that God puts into our path, our job is to partner with him and to share. He will do the work that he wants to do in their lives. You know, it was one week ago today, one week ago today, that at, uh, one week ago today at the Oscars, that Will Smith slapped Chris Rock, and the world has gone crazy over that information. I don't think there's anybody in this room who hasn't seen or heard about that through social media or through the news uh, in different places. A lot has been said about this in the media and in the news. And I don't want to parse out the commentary. I don't want to look at 
the whole event. That's not what I want to do, but I do want to share with you one thought that I had about this event as I've been thinking about this past week. And here's the thought. The Smith family has been going through a lot. The Smith family has been going through a lot. It's become more and more public this week that Jada Smith has a medical condition called Appalachia, uh, alopecia. And anyone, anyone who has this diagnosis, I don't care who you are, anyone with this diagnosis is going to find that diagnosis challenging. And as a woman in the public eye, I, I would imagine it's incredibly difficult. I would imagine it's incredibly emotional for her to have this diagnosis. And what I was reminded of this past week through this experience is this. We have no idea what is going on in the hearts and the minds of the Smith family members. We have no idea what's going on in their minds. We see everything from the, the media perspective, but we have no idea what's going on in their lives. Sure, they're famous actors, and sure, they let us see glimpses of their life. On social media, they're, they're taking pictures, and they're showing what it's like to go to the, the, the famous uh, uh, show or the dance or whatever the event is that they're getting ready for, the latest party. Maybe if they travel to some exotic place, they, they post that on social media. They let you see that, but that's all on the surface. It's like the woman who you walk past on your way to work or the, the guy who's in the checkout line in front of you at the grocery store. You have no idea what's going on inside of their heads and inside of their hearts. And so when you think about it, for Will Smith to walk up on a stage in a public forum like that and for him to smack a fellow actor the way that he did, there must have been something huge going on inside of him to cause him to do that. And people come across your path and my path every single day with that kind of emotion going on inside of them. Fear, anger, sadness, distrust, anxiety. All of these are emotions that are bubbling up inside of every single one of us. They're just below the surface. And everyone, everyone is looking for someone to guide them and to lead them to find peace in this troubled world. Everyone's looking for that. For over a year now, our website has had this as the landing page. When you go to our website, uh, if you were to go, this is the landing page, and it's a little small there, but I can, sh I, I can read it for you. The, the top words says, hope starts here. You are not alone. We know that you are busy, relationships are hard, and life can be unfair. We are here to help. That's the landing page for your church's website. Your church leadership spent hours, hours, praying about and crafting that statement. It was in the middle of COVID, and we spent hours doing this. It, it comes from a desire for us to be a church where people can come when they're in need of assistance. That's what we would like to be. When people need help, when they struggle to find peace, we want to share what we have found with them. And we don't have it all together. This statement does not say that we have it all together. We make mistakes daily. But here's the thing, folks. We are Easter people. We are people of the resurrection. And the goal for all of us in the church is to share what we have found with those who are hurting so that they might not hurt so much. The Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was known for preaching to anyone who would listen. He didn't care who you were. He was going to speak God's word to you. And one time when he was speaking to the early church in Rome, 
he shared a great message. He was explaining that Jesus has come for everyone. Not just the rich or a certain group of people, but Jesus came for everyone. Paul's message was, for, uh, was that anyone who believes in their hearts that Jesus is God, anyone who believes that Jesus is God, that he died and that he was raised to life again, anyone who's willing to confess that belief, anyone who's able to do that, these people are to be counted as part of God's family. That was Paul's message. If you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he died and that he rose again, and you are willing to confess that, you are part of God's family. That is what uh, Paul was preaching. And, and everyone has access to God through Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter who you are. If you can believe those things, you have access to, who, to, to God in heaven. And through him, we have eternal life in God. Uh, we are able to give uh, granted access to heaven, a place where there's no more war, there's no more sadness, and there's no more pain. This is a universal message, a universal message for all. And you know, this past, um, well, in the, it was a message, I guess, for, for in Paul's day. It's true for us as well today. It was true back then, it's true today. And, and, and here's the thing, you have people in your life who are looking for Jesus. They're looking for this universal message. They may not know that Jesus is what they're looking for, but this is what they're looking for. Every day you cross, cross paths with people who need Jesus, and God wants to use you to share in their lives. Every day. God wants you to share this news. The question is, do you believe that people actually need Jesus? Do you believe that they need Jesus? This past week, I was speaking with some pastor friends of mine, and we were discussing the power of word of mouth. The power of word of mouth. And did you know that the number one way that people who are outside the walls of the church become part of a church community is through invitation? That is the number one way that someone who does not have a church family comes into the church walls. Yes, advertising helps and things that we do that are fun and, and service mission opportunities, all that. They're all possible. It's, it's all, but the biggest way that people become part of a community is word of mouth. When you tell your friends about what you found here, that's when their lives change for the better. The problem is, I said in the beginning, is that we're anxious about speaking about faith matters. We don't feel like we have our faith figured out, so how can we talk to somebody else about issues of faith? And if we don't know that a friend or a coworker or someone we know is open to issues of faith, we're not even really going to approach the subject. Because remember, we don't talk about religion, we don't talk about politics. We don't do that. And so discussions about faith, it often takes a back seat. And yet according to surveys taken throughout the United States of America, most people, when they're invited to attend church, will consider coming to church. Many will actually come, but most will at least consider coming. And as a church, every Sunday, we say that we believe that relationships are important. And if you know anything about me, you will know that I will never stand up here and tell you that you need to cram Jesus down someone's throat. That is not what I am preaching. That is not it at all. So please make sure you understand me. I don't think that cramming Jesus down anyone's throat is loving. That's not what I believe. But remember, convincing people is God's job. It's not your job. And so our job is to be brave enough in our relationships to find a way to make Jesus accessible to those who will be looking for him. 
as Paul was speaking to the early church in Rome, he was explaining what can happen when a church speaks up. He was encouraging the church to do so. And he, he said, people can't believe in Jesus if they're not introduced to Jesus. Right? That makes sense. A church can't believe in someone if they don't get introduced to him. And they can't be introduced to him if, they, if someone doesn't make that introduction. So a person can't believe in Jesus if they've never heard him, and they can't be introduced if no one makes that introduction. Then he says this, he says, How will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, How beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. God sends the church into the world to tell the good news. We don't have to have it all figured out. We don't have to have it all figured. You can have questions about faith and you cannot understand everything and you are allowed to wrestle with your faith. And if you are doing that, if you're a person who's wrestling, if you don't understand everything, you are exactly the kind of person that God wants to use. Why? Because you're real. God wants real people. He wants real people. A real Christian is someone who struggles in life, who admits failure, who fears in life, and who accepts that we need a Savior. A person who's real, who accepts that we need a Savior. If we start with the belief that everyone's broken because we live in a sinful world, and that Jesus is the answer to that brokenness, even though we ourselves are broken, we don't have to let our anxiety hold us back, but we can step out in faith as the messengers who bring good news. For the next two weeks, you and I have a unique opportunity that comes around about once, maybe twice in the year. There are these next two weeks leading up to Easter. And at this time of the year, people tend to be more open to the idea of attending church. Every day you cross paths with someone who needs Jesus and God wants to use you to share that news. So right now, can you think of one person who might fit that category? One person who might be the person looking for Jesus. Can you think of one person who you can reach out to this week? All of you, when you came in today, were handed uh, this card. And for those of you on the screen at home, you'll see that card is there. And actually, you can find this card on uh, our Facebook page, too. So if you wanted to just take it and send it to your friends on Facebook, it's right there uh, on our Facebook page now. Uh, we'll pin it at the top so you can always find it for the next two weeks. But uh, this card is here, and it essentially it just says, e Easter, a day of worship, April 17th at 10 a.m., in person and online. And on the back says, we hope you can join us, and gives us it gives our address. And here's the thing. Can you take this card, whether you take it in person or whether you do it online, and can you think of that person who you can invite, and can you say, hey, would you come to Easter service with me? Would you sit with me for Easter? Not just would you come, but I'll be here. I'll be here. Would you come sit with me? Would you like to go to an Easter service? Right, that's, that's it. Remember, it's not your job to worry about whether they accept this or not. That's not your job. Your job is to be brave enough to say, hey, would you come and would you join me? Would you sit with me? No? Oh, okay. Yes? Great. All you have to say is, hey, our church is having a special service. Maybe, maybe for Palm Sunday. Next week we're having a special music service, uh, much like what we did at Christmas time. Can you say, hey, would you like to come join me for, uh, for Palm Sunday or for Easter? Would you like to come sit with me? And I know how scary it sounds. Trust me, I do. I know how scary it sounds. But if we believe that there's a world hurting out there, and it is, 
And if we believe that we have a message that will help them find hope, and we do, if that's true, then can we take a chance? Can we trust God for the results? Can we speak up and trust God for the results? Now, here's the truth of the matter just before we walk out the door and, and, and have our lives. And the truth is this. You might ask a person, and they might not accept. That is a very real reality. You may ask a person, and they might not accept. But remember, their acceptance is not up to you. You have no idea what's going on inside of the heart and the mind of your friends. You don't. You don't know what's going on inside of their heart and their mind. And so you overcoming your fear to hand them a card or to invite them to come might exactly be just what God needs to plant seeds in their lives that might not grow right now, but it might be something that God uses down the road. So our job is to simply plant seeds and to offer. Let God worry about the results. Let God worry about the results. Something might happen weeks or months or even years down the road. Our job is to be brave enough to hand the card and to say, would you come with me? Would you come with me? If there's a person in your mind right now that you're considering asking, take this card and do that this week. Because the person might say yes, and they might come to church, and they might hear the good news of Jesus, and then they might begin their journey of finding joy, of finding hope, of finding peace. How beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. Friends, this week, let's pull on our shoes. Let's tighten up those laces. Let's step out the door, and let's share Jesus with a world in need. Amen. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, uh, Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the gift of uh, being together and for the gift of being your church. And God, I pray that, that emotionally here, spiritually, we would be able to lock arms as your church. We would believe that we have a message that is good and is right for the world. And Lord, you would give us the, the, the courage that we need to step out in faith and to share you with the people around us. Lord, we are so uh, grateful that you love us the way that you do, that you offer us that tender mercy uh, that we can only find in you. And God, we pray that you would uh, give, us, uh, give us this day uh, to go out into the world and to share you. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.